Today's episode of the two-man power trip over wrestling is brought to you by Jupiter CBD. Jupiter CBD was specifically created to help people naturally relieve stress and get a better night's sleep. It works better than the rest. What makes Jupiter so special is that it's the only CBD brand handmade from organic hemp flowers. That's what makes Jupiter so effective and tastes so great. Because flowers are the rarest and most valuable part of the plant. Jupiter also triple lab tests for quality and they all come from a single origin family in Vermont. For more on that, you can go to getjupiter.com slash quality. For a special promo, please go to getjupiter.com to get 10% off your offer today. Just use the promo code 2MAN at checkout. That is getjupiter.com. Use the promo code 2MAN, T-W-O-M-A-N, at checkout, and you'll receive a beautiful 10% off. Say goodbye to stress. Jupiter Organic CBD relaxes your mind and your body. Guaranteed results for your money back. Get Jupiter.com CBD. Use that promo code 2MAN. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz. And with me, of course, is my co-host, DKO, Derek O'Reilly. Derek, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, good, JP. How are things over there? Not too bad. Can't complain. And we are joined by a very special guest today. He is a former NWA National Heavyweight Champion. He's the current NWA Tag Team Champion. You may know him as Damian Sandow from the WWE. He is, of course, Aaron Stevens. Aaron, welcome back to the Two Men Power Trip. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be back. Now, what's going on in your world? I know you're going to be uh, pretty busy coming up soon with some NWA business, right? Yeah, you know, NWA is back. Um, we are starting March 21st, or for, excuse me, March 21st with uh nwa back for the attack uh we're excited to be back in georgia we're excited to just be be back in the ring uh it's going to be a you know a lot of cool surprises a lot of um a lot of stuff going on so definitely want to stay tuned for that one are you back to the same studio you were using yes as far as i know yes oh very cool okay i thought that you might have to change or something i don't know why i assumed that but that is, is great because yeah as far as i know it's because that is just, uh, to me, the perfect setup when you guys were rocking and rolling. So how's it feeling kind of getting back into it? Good, good. Definitely excited. Just kind of ready for it. And, um, yeah, just just really 
really pumped. What did you think, like when it was, you know, obviously the pandemic and everything kind of held it up, but what was your kind of emotions or what were you thinking as it's like slowly coming back into fruition? Were you just kind of hopeful it was coming back? Did you know it was coming back all along or did this kind of spring as a little surprise? Like, okay, we're back March. Boom. Well, no, you know, I think when the pandemic happened, I mean, just because of the unprecedented circumstances, I mean, we had all optimistically hoped eventually, um, you know, it would be back and things would be returning to normal. Um, and, you know, it's it's taken a year. Uh, there's been, you know, and, and I'm not just talking about NWA, I'm talking about just kind of everything in general um, to where we're now, I think, you know, we're, we're seeing some positive steps being taken all across the board and NWA is part of that. And, uh, you know, it, it's whenever we can safely come back and, um, you know, what's best for the fans, what's best for the talent and just, you know, keep everybody healthy, safe. And, uh, and then just kind of get back to doing what we're doing. And I think now, you know, it, it's the first step in the process and it's, uh, it's definitely a big one. This is very cool because so many people were kind of you know, saying NWA is dead and all this other stuff. And I actually interviewed Nick Aldis not that long ago. And I said that to him, I was like, you know, the rumors are out there. NWA He's like, no, trust me, we're coming back. So it is really, really good to see, you know, back and faster than I expected. What yeah. is going on for, uh, you know, back, back at the attack, if you will, what's going on March 21st for this pay-per-view? All kinds of stuff. I mean, just I would just keep keep abreast via the NWA social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, they are putting information out multiple times a day, um, and just just stay tuned. That's all. Stay tuned. What's your role going to be? Are you writing and producing, or just wrestling? No, 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 no. no. I am a, strictly a performer. <laughs> Because I yeah. know last time I talked, you, were, you know, you were doing a lot of the booking and stuff for UWN and working for a lot of those shows. Yeah, I mean, that, that was an interesting thing because of, uh, and, and I still am with United Wrestling, uh, you know, we championship from Hollywood and um, we were doing Primetime Live. Uh, I just don't like, you know, I, I appeared on um, Primetime Live as an NWA talent. Uh, I just, I don't like people that play both sides of the fence. I, I never saw the upside. Um, I, I like to be either an in-ring talent or working behind the scenes. Um, you know, as an in-ring talent, if my opinion is asked, I would be happy to give my opinion. But in terms of having any power, no, because I just think that that is such a double, double-edged sword, man. Um, you know, not not my personal uh, way of doing things. That's all. Not knocking anyone that does it. You know, but. To me, I'm either a talent or I'm office. Now, of course, unfortunately, we heard some news about Joseph Hudson a couple weeks ago. Josephus, the question mark, you and him, man, that chemistry you guys had together, that was special just because it just kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, wow, this character is so funny, the way you guys played off of each other. I know I mentioned to you one time before, that picture of a whole group of NWA guys, if you zoom in on you two, you two are hilariously holding up, you know, the belt and then the, the you know, the karate oh, yeah. stuff just... So good. We're always up to something. <laughs> <laughs> that was just uh, such sad news. And uh, it's one of those things where it's so young and so unfortunate. What was like, your kind of thoughts uh, on his passing? I mean, it just had to be an utter shock to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I communicated with him earlier that day. Um, and then I get a text message saying that he is no longer with us. Uh, that was still very surreal. Um and it's funny because I, I never had a Facebook, um, but I had to get one the beginning of this year just for some like Hollywood casting stuff. 
And then it's funny, like a bunch of people kind of found me and I'm like, all right, accept a friend request. And I'm still Facebook illiterate, but um, he was someone we found each other on Facebook. Okay, cool. I mean, when we would talk all the time, we would, you know, we had each other's number we would use it. We'd text, we'd talk. But the last thing he posted on Facebook, and that was the, the day he passed, was a picture of the two of us. And wow. I remember I on that and he commented back. I'm like, yeah, cool. And then, you know, I get the call that he's, he's gone. So I, I still, it, it still hasn't fully sunken in with me. Um, I don't know when it will. I don't, you know, it, it's, 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 it's bizarre. It, it really is. It's bizarre. It's tragic. It's sad. And, um, you know, uh, in the wake of everything, I think the, the GoFundMe that his mother had, which in two hours hit the goal, uh, and then has more than doubled since, uh, that's just testament to the kind of, uh, human being that Joseph Hudson was. So. Absolutely. Well said. It's just such a tragedy and just absolutely terrible. But you and him, you have some great, great memories as uh, the question mark and you as the NWA champion and the karate, just awesome stuff. And obviously, you know, that's you two doing that, right? I mean, that's just you guys kind of creating. Yeah, we just kind of we were given the green light to, um, you know, and interpret the characters as we saw fit, and we did. So <laughs> we we had a great time. I mean, every time was just a. It, it was such a pleasure to work with him and, and to go on that ride with him of, of him um, being the one of the very few people in our industry. And this goes for WWE, uh, AEW, like anyone who has a genuine connection with the fans, not a forced connection, but a genuine connection to where fans, they're not cheering for you because the office wanted them to, you know, they're cheering for you because they want to. And, um, Look, in our case, we had a lot of help from the NWA office. It's not like we were fighting against them. You know, NWA was very supportive and like, and, and they do that with everyone. They give everyone the opportunity. That's what I love about NWA. Everyone has the opportunity to succeed. You know, there's no booking to make someone uh, not succeed. Booking someone uh, for a potential fail or a, a hoped failure on the office side. Um, so NWA was so gracious with us and. Um, and that being said, how he was able to take that and, and establish that genuine connection with the fans and to just watch him go on that ride, it, it made me kind of reevaluate my own career and uh, and saying, yeah, you know what, I, I did take a lot of things for granted, I think. Um, you know, not that I didn't appreciate every single second of what I had with the fans, but it just it makes me appreciate it more, if that makes sense. Absolutely. DKO, I'm going to hand the reins over to you. You got some questions. Okay, Aaron, what made you want to get into the business? What was your inspiration and who was your favorite performer at the time? Well, when I was five years old, I lost a video game. It was a professional wrestling video game and I got very upset and I said, I'm going to be a wrestler and then here we are. Um, that That's the story. There, there's no really, there's nothing else <laughs> to say. I mean, it's not like a school story. Um, I really was a fan of Ricky Steamboat um, when I was a kid. Um, really, really love Ricky Steamboat. No. Yeah, I was. I was always a big, big fan of um, of The Rock myself. And funnily enough, it's just as you mentioned a game. That's actually how I got to start watching wrestling myself. It was quite funny. 
we went around to cousins one day and we just started playing smackdown the original smackdown game on the playstation at the time and it was after that that i just started watching it each week and i just became addicted after that and a lot of people say that's a very unusual way to get into it but hey it's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah it is what yeah. it is yeah and, and i can probably say that about your run in wwe because aaron i thought you were you were doing a really, really good job as Damien Sandow. I thought you were really, really hitting those notes as a heel. You were really pissing people off, and I thought that the segments were very entertaining. I thought no matter what they gave to you, I thought you took it and run it and ran, excuse me, and ran with it. And I thought you did it quite well. How do you feel overall about your run in WWE? The frustrations and the highs, the lows. Well, exactly. You know, it was what it was, and um, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't afraid. Um, at the time with what was going on but then i i learned to just kind of compartmentalize it where, like i'm not going to get emotionally attached to one thing or another um you know they can take my name they, they can own my name they can own whatever character stuff but they they will never own my talent and i will always be able to create something on my own i'll always be able to kind of evolve and go to the next step and uh no one company can do that for me no one company owns aaron so um you know, look, when you play in someone else's sandbox, you play by their rules. And again, I was just glad that I had a genuine connection with the fans, which is a lot more than, um, you know, their top guys there at the time could say. And was the backstage, um, the atmosphere backstage, was it very toxic or did you find it no. okay? What did you think about it overall? No, um, no, there was none of this. Touch. They say toxic. I mean, look, there's, there's always frustration and like kind of negativity in any environment, but in terms of uh, a personal thing, no, because the office never told me do this, do that. Like, it, it was it was a very silent relationship I had with uh, the office. They never gave me instruction, criticism, anything, and that's why, like, when I I just kind of had enough of it, and I was like, well, tell me to do something, you know? Um, what what do you want from me? And they just never would. Um, so that like it, it was just more silence. So hey, to me, silence is golden. So that was my opportunity to bail. Yeah, I just think it was a big um, mischance on their part, Aaron, because no. no matter what they gave you, you really did. Just, I, I honestly do feel you took it and you ran with it. And I think you're one of the most under-the-radar talents within the last 10 to 15 years, honestly. And I really I appreciate the way you've just kept You've just kept at it over and over again. You seem like a very straight-up talker. I think you just say what you feel and you just get on with it. And, and honestly, I think that's the type of person you need in your company someone who's going to work, you know, if you give them the opportunity, they'll take it like you did. No matter what scraps you were given, you still took them. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We are, we're just gone into four months of lockdown over here now, and it doesn't appear as though it's going to be lifted until June at the earliest. Really? Wow. Yes, it's very, very bad. Wow, even with all the vaccinations and stuff there? Well, they've also been quite slow. I believe. I believe about 3% of our population has been vaccinated so far. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. Wow, yes, it's great. not good. And we even have a five kilometer, a five kilometer rule. We can't go outside of that. So it's very limited and it kind of feels as if we're all stuck in a box at the moment. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah, it's not good. And they, but... just, they put it into place? Sorry? They just put it in place? No, that's been there since December. Oh, wow. Wow. Four months straight now. God, so crazy. 
it's not good. Not good yeah. at all. I'm very concerned about people's mental health, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's quite, quite tough. Mm. Very limited on what we can do, but I guess you've got to look at the positive and say, you know, I get to do these these podcasts with JP. I get to speak with people like yourselves who I admired watching on TV all, all those years ago, so I should be very grateful for that, and I am. There's an upside to everything, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, so that's you got to try and find it, I guess. You know, I've been yeah. doing a lot, a lot of talk, and I did a lot of talking with Ben and Stevie too, and they're they're really, really good, very educational. Listen to those guys all the time. It's it's a massive help. It really is. It's awesome. very educational. It helps keep sure. your brain functioning correctly. Yes, it does. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So anyway, speaking of yeah. functioning, um, Aaron, what did you think of the whole giving you the money at the bank briefcase and then not capitalizing it? not capitalizing on it at all did they say yeah. they had some sort of plan or was it just kind of no we no, don't know why we're doing this or yeah it was kind of understood um but then you know when the uh the, de- the night came to uh to do business in the way that we did it um to be quite honest with you it wasn't so much that i lost the cash in it was Everyone's saying, okay, you just debated yourself to the next level. You're a top star now. Um, and then how they handled me after that. There was no fanfare. There was like nothing after that match. It was like a week. And then they just didn't do anything with me. Um, and, you know, it's funny because like a, a lot of the writers, and, and there were some very good writers there uh, that were not like this. Uh, Mike Notarelli, um Absolute stand-up human being. Um, Tony Gannon, uh, she was awesome. Again, just a genuine person. But um, Matt McCarthy, too. He was there for um, a brief time when I was there. So I'm a big fan of his. But really, a lot of the other writers, they are just... I don't blame them because they're, you know, they have to be kind of yes-men in that situation. Yes-men and men, although there was far more men than women. Um, And... Like, they they just, whatever direction the wind is blowing, like, whatever mood Vince is in or someone, they will go with that. And then, like, they'll be your best friend one week, and then they make believe you don't exist. And it's just, like, to me, I'm just not like that. I'm like, come on, man. Like, don't, at, at least just say, look, nothing going on. Like, we're trying this now. But don't, it's just so fake. It's so funny. It's like Hollywood, you know? I mean, it's, uh, it's. And it, look, it's the nature of the business. I get it, but uh, I was just very like put off by that. Uh, and again, people like Mike Notarelli, Tony Gannon, um, not like they, they are the exceptions to the rule. They were always cool, always straight up, always kind of just honest and um, and genuine. And, and a lot of I, I can't say the same for a lot of the other writing staff there. And at the same time, they have a job to do and they're all scared for their job. So I, in a sense, I look, I don't blame them, right? Like whatever fears they have going through, whatever, you know, they view this as their big opportunity. And at the end of the day, I take that stuff too personally. I don't. Uh, I just am very careful, though, who I would open up to and who I would actually, you know, um, really get to know. And like if someone was pretending to be my friend, um, you know, I, I wouldn't let them in completely. I, I always keep it kind of on a business level and stuff like that. Um, so that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Well, it's needless to say that you were very aware of your surroundings at the time. 
And was it made clear to you how the structure worked there or was it kind of, was it confusing, you know, was creative kind of all over the place or did you feel like you were going in, this, in a steady direction at any time or, or were you confused half the time about what they were and weren't doing with you? Well, no, like intellectual savior, it was what it was. It was a clear direction. Uh, when they were having me dress up as someone new and different every week, I had no opportunity, I mean, no choice rather, but to kind of go knock it out of the park the best I can. And then the only reason Mizdow worked, and, and yes, it was a great thing. It was awesome. And, and, and that was just as much Miz as it was me. But they gave me something consistent to do on television. That's why it got over because kind of everywhere I've been, like when I've been kind of given that creative freedom, I'm not trying to sound like I'm bragging, but like everything I've done has kind of worked to a degree. Um, to where you at least remember it. And it's at least elicited a major reaction via positive or negative, like, and I say negative, like a heel or a face from the crowd. And that's all that was. It was just, I was on television consistently. I wasn't doing something ridiculous. Like, you know, I after the Mizdow thing, I'm on TV talking about how I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to dress up as anyone, blah, 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 blah. And then they had me on TV dressed as Randy Savage for no reason. Like the creative complete... Like that, that to me, when I was like, okay, you are now working against me. You don't want me to, um, like you, you, you want me to kind of be irrelevant. So that, that, that was to me like an active, okay, this is how you see me now. It's someone else's sandbox. So I'm not going to get upset. I just chose to take a different direction. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I do also remember the Ms. Dow gimmick and I thought you guys were getting over really well they were oh, chanting you. your the, the fans were chanting your name and they were kind of also making it clear in my mind that they wanted to see more from you and that they weren't happy with what they were doing with you i've always been a big fan of mike mazan and myself what oh, yeah, is he yeah. like to, what does he like to work with aaron was he was he oh, great. great to work with awesome absolutely a complete pro awesome human being um i nothing but amazing memories with him I think he's another guy that's very unappreciated. I think I, I think yep. his promos were always excellent. I thought yep. his heel run, just like yours, was very funny. It's enough to want to tune in. I mean, when you think about it, even at the time that you were there, wrestling wasn't was still very much downhill at that time. Mm-hmm. And apart from the small things that I remember, your segments are one of them. Well, that, that to me is a good thing. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? If, if it was down then, then what is it now? absolutely horrendous i haven't watched since 2017 and i have listened to the reviews from ben and stevie and from what they say it just sounds like pure and utter frustration because if you understand the business as well as they do it's then it's over like when when and this is go this is a few years ago i was over a friend's house for a barbecue there was a pay-per-view there you got the pay-per-view for this fun and i'm sitting there watching it and like People's music is hitting and no one is reacting. The only two people that got a response on the show was R-Truth and Daniel Bryan. It was literally like, whoa, this is this is kind of tough. I mean, how, how can you not have your major stars over or supposed major stars over? Because no one cared. And you saw it in the crowd. Like, they were sitting on their hands. I'm going, wow, th- like, there's a severe disconnect here. Like, well, me, no. JP, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying like if the if the live audience 
and, and I get the the thing we were told, you know, you're working for the TV audience, not the live audience. Absolutely true. I mean, I'm every it, it is TV. You have to for the cameras for everything else, but your live audience are, in my opinion, a microcosm of what the larger audience is like if they're digging something if they're buying it then chances are the people watching it at home are buying so that's your gauge and i i just don't get it but again i don't work there so it's not my not my bag baby you're pro you're probably better off away at this stage aaron because i think you're the type of person that would just continually be frustrated there and you just wouldn't be happy it's no way to go through life you know it's no way to go. No, I, I don't have gray hair i think i'm I'm okay now, you know, so like we're, life is good. <laughs> That's true. Um, I mean, when I, we actually reviewed AEW Revolution last week and everything was more or less the same. Everything they promised, we never really, we never really got it. They kind of let down in every area. Nobody stood out in terms of crowd reactions. There was nothing that stood out to any of us watching it and it turned it turned into a bit of a bore fest in my opinion anyway and, and exactly okay and, and here's what it's a bore fest when athletically there have never been more athletic people in the business than today correct ever there are people that do these triple flips it's it's incredible to watch they are so gifted however the art of making people care about you is completely lost one like they don't know like there's a there's an art to being over there's a way to get there i mean like i, I do it with um with the people i booked from championship from hollywood and united like you know i'll look at people okay this is this is where we'd like to go in my opinion here's how we get there and it works because it's not hard um you just have to kind of get out of your own head and say Oh, this flip is what's going to make people remember me. No, it's not. Do you want them to remember the flip or the move that you do, right? Like the ricochet, right? The the four fifty eight twenty, whatever the hell he does, which is, I, I think Ricochet is one of the most people athletically ever in the history of the business. I mean, he is a real life superhero and a nice, nice guy. Um, but do you want people? to remember the move or the person doing the move the rock did an elbow drop steve austin grabbed a guy and went his ass okay for a stunner like do you want them to remember the move or the person doing the move and that's the difference you know i look i love to watch athletic stuff but i'm not gonna buy a backflips t-shirt well, the problem is they're doing it every single week. It's just match after match. They're doing the exact same moves. Yeah. Nothing's being kept for a special occasion. So I can't remember which yeah. WrestleMania was. JP will know, and I'm sure you probably know as well, when Hulk Hogan picks up Andre the Giant to slam him. That's the drama. Yeah, and I'm I'm very surprised, yeah. honestly, at Hunter. Um, and again, he's in a uh, he's in a very high power executive position. Um, I am not. So regardless of how we got there, the man loves the business. The man knows the business very, very well. Um, you know, you can't knock him. But I'm very surprised that he decided to go that direction because he, in my opinion, of all people, should kind of know what works and what doesn't. Like, you have 
hundreds of guys that can do backflips and everything that, that are on payroll when you could cut that in half and have people that can develop characters that people will care about that you know people will want to see what they do and, and just keep it intriguing because it's not that hard now maybe there's different uh, and, and there, i'm sure there are right um like different decisions from an executive standpoint they need to do this they need to do that they need to appease shareholders but i mean god if you're going to captain a ship you can have an awesome product because what you're doing now isn't working and this goes across the board right with ratings there's less people watching wrestling now than ever uh we're in a pandemic that's original programming they should be thriving right now um but until someone gets you know the memo that look okay we've tried it this way it ain't working um let's go back to you know some characters and at the same time mix in the cool moves and the amazing amazing displays of athleticism but we got to have drama you know again i'm not gonna buy a backflip t-shirt i will buy a ray mysterio t-shirt because i'm invested in the person and then the rest falls into place because he can yeah. Yeah. obviously one of the finest ever to compete in the ring mm -hmm. but he made his name a long time ago as well before he yeah. even came to wwe he had made his name anyone that comes through wwe now doesn't seem to make make anything of themselves and i wonder is that partly is that partly to do with the talent or is that mostly coming from the top well <clears throat> i think wwe as a business plan they want the brand to sell not talent because if the talent gets over a talent doesn't need them <clears throat> excuse me um yeah if a talent gets over a talent doesn't need them um so they want the wwe name to sell um and it is it, it's funny we're like it, it's so oxymoronic where a while ago i was reading that an executive oh we we teach talent to build their brand no if you cared about the talent's brand you wouldn't like own every single thing about them like it's completely it, it's done for public relations it's right it, it's just it's so like so many other things right um it's done for a facade it's done for public relations they do not care about individual talent that's and it, it, look it's not good bad or indifferent it's just corporate america it's the way it is it's not like the wwe it is not evil i, I want to please I'm, i want to underline this and highlight this the wwe is not an evil corporation no they are simply a corporation and the very nature of a corporation, right, is it's filled by, okay, how do we maximize profit, right? Well, you do that. You want to own everything. You want to, it's, it, it, it fuels into greed, right? Um, and sometimes greed can be a little out of balance to where it really takes over everything. Um, you know, and not to say that people don't do good there, you know, not to say that they don't donate to charity. Um and there's a flip side because there's a lot of good press there too um but maybe they do give in private i don't know right maybe we don't know because i'm not going to jump on them and say oh every every charity check that they donate of course they put on tv and stuff like that maybe you know members of that um you know mem members of the wwe families shall we say maybe they go and give money to the poor on their own when no one's watching um maybe they donate their time at a soup kitchen maybe maybe they do so i'm not i i don't want to rule that out okay uh because i'm not gonna say anything good better and different about people that i i frankly don't have and, and really never had uh a close relationship with or much of a relationship with at all 
Um, my time there, you know, again, it was the corporate entity uh, of the WWE, which by the very nature of a corporation is not going to care. They, they view talent as a renewable resource. They don't look, and, and that that's just the way it is, right? That's why I'm not offended. Like, do what you do. You keep who you keep. You it is what it is, right? Now, there's people making the decisions, obviously. and But even, again, in the greater good, um, everything serves the corporation, and that's fine. Um, but when we get right down to it, like, I was not willing to pretty much kowtow and submit myself to that lifestyle and, and kind of inundated in that way of thinking to where like I brand the WWE logo on my back because I just want to do more in life. Right. So again, um, to anyone listening, this WWE is, I, they are not, they're the corporation like any other corporation, no different than Amazon, Walmart, um, anything else, right? Hollywood, it's the same thing. So it's not, you know, we can't take it personally is what I'm saying, you know? All right. Yes. Personally, I was pissed. I didn't win the money in the bank, but you know what? Creatively, maybe there was a different direction. We were going up against the world series uh, and Monday night football, right? It was in October when, right. So it was my job to go out there and make sure people watch. Well, you know what? People watch that segment. So that's all, you know, and, and, and that's really all it was to it. So you, Yes, you can. You, you take your lumps personally, but then you you kind of realize that there is a bigger picture, and you just kind of have to um, to just take that all into consideration. So, well, the worry I have now, Aaron, is is that it, it now seems as though they're rewarding failure because look at the deal that they've just achieved with Peacock. Look at the deal they attained with Saudi Arabia. They're just earning more and more money, and yet the product is just getting worse and worse. And it's kind of mind-boggling in a way. They seem to be selling their name and their history now rather than the current product that they offer. Yes, exactly. But you know what? Again, um, purpose of a corporation is to make money, right? That's correct. The way the landscape is now, um, they can't do live events. They can't, you know, they pretty much need to make as much money as they can. And if the focus is on doing a deal with Peacock, doing a deal with whoever, um, then that's what they need to do, honestly. And, and I'm, I'm not talking for that because if I was the head of a corporation, you know, well, if I was the head of that corporation, a lot of things would be done differently. But um, if the focus, like, let, let's say the in-ring product was amazing, right? Let's say they had drama, they had storylines, everything was great. Even if that was the case, um, they're having to say, no, look, we, we need to put this into going with Peacock, going with, you know, doing other kind of corporate deals that will help sustain our corporation. Uh, that is that's that's the right thing to do in this day and age. So I, I, I defend them and stand on that position to where you can't put so much. I mean, you, you have to kind of hit autopilot right now because of the pandemic and everything else. Um, and yeah, so I think they're doing the right thing. 100 um, percent. Now, on the flip side, and I was disgusted with this. When you say we have half a billion dollars, and I, it's funny because I don't pay attention that much, but with the pandemic, I, I never forgot this about a year ago. Like, we have half a billion dollars in surplus. We're okay. We're okay. And then you fire as many people you do during a pandemic. What, what does that we're, we're a family company. No, you're not. Like, don't lie and say that you're a family company. You're not a family company. You are, you do not care about like, 
look, they have amazing things, right? They have the rehab for superstars who have had drug abuse issues and everything else like that. And like, they, they do good things there, but do not say you are, and don't claim, don't claim to be something you're not. Don't claim to take care of your talent and, and you want us on par with the NFL, yet you put us in uh, on a commercial airline, fly us coach. I remember people way bigger, like six, eight, 300 pounds, having to fly coach overseas, go land and go wrestle. How is that conducive to, you know, treating us like superstars? It's not, it's, it's just, it's insulting. It's ridiculous. That was always a major sticking point of mine. I, that never sat well with me. They want us to adhere to these these standards. Yet they, they don't give us an off season. They don't, you know. Um, I never got an off season. I, I never got a weekend off. The only time in my career I took time off was when my grandmother died, and I needed to be there for my family. And that was when I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll always do. This. But at the end of the day, WWE is not my family, and I will always stand by the people that have stood by me, not, you know, uh, a company. Now. WWE has been gracious enough. They put me on TV. They gave me a lot. They they gave me a stage to show what I can do um, to a degree. So I'm grateful for them. So that this is, again, I, I want to reiterate, this is neither my assessment of WWE. It's neither good nor bad. I'm just simply trying to give you an honest assessment uh, based on my experience and my kind of knowledge of how it works when I was there. Um, and just to kind of show you like what, what I believe, like there, there's the good, the bad and the ugly. And then somewhere in there is the truth. So. I'd agree with that JP. Now, Aaron, as we hit the wind down, head towards the finish, what's going on with April Hunter and the a show over at uh, Hameen yep. media group. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, so April and I, we've known each other for years and we are actually uh, developing a, a TV show out here, non-wrestling related. And through our conversations, we're just, you know, we should start a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, a bunch of people told me I should have one. And a bunch of people told her she should have one. Now, I'm in Cali. She's in Florida. We haven't seen each other in years. So, and this was in the same week. And we're like, okay, screw it. We're going to start a podcast. So we did. And, um, yeah, we're just going. It's um, You can follow us uh, on, on Twitter at underscore the A show. Um, we're on Patreon. Um, you can just look us up. It's at the A show. Go to my Twitter at Aaron's thoughts um, and find all the links and everything you need there to, to go sign up. I believe we're on Twitch too. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out all the, um, all the, the ins and outs of that. So that that's been an interesting um, way to navigate. And yeah. So I believe it's patreon.com backslash the a show and twitch.com backslash the a show to find us. And man, we talk about everything. We, we talk about like, you know, we're how, how we deal with loss, um, we, we had a special episode with, um, you know, the loss of Joseph Hudson and everything. And just, but we, we get into it, like how we grieve, what does that mean? Um, we talked about the Renaissance Fair and comic cons. We, we just, we cover so many different topics there and, uh, I can guarantee that no two shows are alike. How do you guys know each other? Like what's the relationship there? We, uh, we met at Kowalski's killer Kowalski's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. I, I, should have realized that. Okay, that's pretty cool. So you, you guys have known each other for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. That oh, that's excellent. That's uh, quite a cool thing. As far as what can we expect from you guys in the future? Any anything uh, in the can? Anything good that uh, you got yeah. coming out? You want to talk about? You know what? Um, as far as the show goes, no, we've been actually like uh, as these conventions are hopefully within the next twelve months going to start coming back. Um. You know, she's big into the cosplay stuff. I'm not. But um, 
it all kind of ties in, you know, the comic cons and stuff. So we're like, Hey, let's take the A show on the road. We can go host these conventions, do shows from conventions. People can promote what they want. It'll be a whole deal. So, yeah. <laughs> and she still looks great. So that, that's a plus for you oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as the NWA back for the attack, give us a uh, one last push for the, uh, for the big show and the return. Yeah. Sunday, March 21st, NWA back for the attack fight TV. Check it out. You can go to the NWA's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, social media. Find out all the information there. Um, but you're not going to want to miss this one. The NWA is is back. I mean, the NWA really never went away. But we're uh, we're back in the public eye, so to speak. Will you be defending the tag titles with J.R. Kratos? I would assume so, yes. I nice, would absolutely nice. Nice. And I know you mentioned it before, but please give uh, your plugs, all your, all your plugs, one more time. Oh, yeah. Um, so Twitter, it is at Aaron's Thoughts, A-R-O-N-S Thoughts. Instagram, the Aaron Files, T-H-E-A-R-O-N Files. You can follow uh, the A-Show Twitter at underscore the A-Show. Patreon.com backslash the A-Show. Twitch.com backslash the A-Show. Like, subscribe, do whatever you do. If you don't like it, tell an enemy. If you like it, tell a friend. Nice, love it. DKL, yeah. give your plugs real quick. You can catch me on Twitter at Derek O'Reilly13 and on Twitch at DKO1988. Nice. Aaron, thank you so much uh, for all the time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much and sure. good luck with the NWA. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. The first thing I'd like to share with you is my appreciation for your patience and continued support of the National Wrestling Alliance for what I know has been a difficult period for everyone. I'm thrilled with the response to the news that we have a new broadcast partner in Fight TV, and we can't wait to embark on this next chapter with all of you. And the first step of that journey is our pay-per-view event back for the attack on March 21st at 4 p.m. Eastern, which brings me to the business at hand and a bittersweet moment for the NWA and for myself personally. As many of you know, we recently lost a beloved member of the NWA family, our brother Joseph Hudson known to many as Josephus, or the incomparable character, The Question Mark. Well, man, he's become an absolute fan favorite in just the blink of an eye. It's The Question Mark. Joseph meant so much not only to me as a friend of 10 years, but to the NWA talent, staff, and of course you, the fans. So with that said, Back for the Attack will be dedicated to Joseph's memory, because we absolutely wouldn't be standing where we are today without Joseph's many efforts, both in the ring and his work behind the scenes to bring the National Wrestling Alliance back to prominence. With that said, I've made the decision that to truly mark the occasion, there is one match in particular that I believe Joseph would approve of as the main event of this pay-per-view. 
And that's his tag team partner and friend, and truly someone whose talent and dedication is often underappreciated, getting the chance to hold the title that symbolizes excellence in the National Wrestling Alliance and professional wrestling as a whole. And if back for the attack, Aaron Stevens will challenge Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. I wish the best of luck to both men and to all our combatants, and I hope you will join us for a very special night live on pay-per-view.